we've been in this series of ID identification, and I'm going to continue with that today. Uh, we've talked about it in, in different areas, and so today uh, I, I want to ask you a question in going into this identification. What or who do you think is the greatest group, or you may call tribe, or organism there is to belong to on the face of the earth? And I'm, I'm looking for an answer. Can somebody say the church? Now, I want you to say it with conviction, everybody. Come on, the church. It's the greatest thing. Not the Elks Club. If you're part of the Elks Club, I don't mean to be offensive. Be part of the Elks Club. That's fine. Um, maybe it's some other club, a car club or what have you. But I want to let you know that there is something that God is building on the earth and it's called the church. The thing that God's involved with is what I want to be involved with. And what he's involved with and what he's building on the face of the earth today is the church. So I want to talk to you about the identification of the church today. And what is the church? And, and how do you identify it? And what is it? Exactly what is the church? When you say, I'm going to church, what does that mean? What is the identification of the church today? We're going to dive into that for a few minutes. Amen? Everyone say the church. church. I want to pray. I want to pray for the word. And I, I want to pray. I felt like in worship, I was supposed to pray for uh, Mr. Howard Jude. Judd, Judd, sorry about that, Judd. He had a stroke, and so uh, we're believing for total healing in his life. And so can we just pray? I'm sorry I mispronounced his name. Can we pray for Mr. Howard today and just believe for total recovery in his life and, and what's going on? It is uh, uh, Julie's dad and, of course, Miss Judd's husband, and Jimmy's father-in-law. So I just like to pray as we go into. Can we believe for a miracle church? Uh, healing team, can we just be praying right now for, for this situation? Father, we just lift up Mr. Howard to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we just thank you that you're the healer. And we pray that you would send a message of healing to him right now in the back of his head and just anything that's going on with blood clots or any of that stuff. Father, we plead the blood of Jesus over him. And we just thank you that you were striped on your back for his healing. And by his stripes, we are healed. And we just, we just sent a message of healing to him right now. We come together as a church, combined together. Look right here. We got some mountain-moving faith in this church right now. We speak to this mountain, be removed, and we pray for total uh, recovery in his life. In Jesus' name. Lord, bless this time as we dive into your word. And everyone said, amen. amen. If you're new to the faith new to the church or you've been around the church for a long time, it might be a good reminder today about what is the church, who is the church. When you say this, hey, I'm going to church, I say it too. But that's about as theologically messed up as you could ever even say something. Because how are you going to go to where you are and who you is? That's terrible grammar, J.O., but it's good faith and you need to fill me today. <laughs> Because I want to talk to you about who is the church, the identification of the church today. Uh, Tori's uh, topic, topical index had 45 titles of the church. I'm just going to blast through them real quick. And uh, if you'll put those up, we're going to go through these. I'm just going to read them. I'm not going to even give the address. It says this, the assemblies, this is different titles and names of the church throughout the entire Bible. The assembly of the saints, assembly of the upright, 
body of Christ, branch of God's planting, bride of Christ, church of God, church of the living God, church of the firstborn God. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes. Church of the firstborn, city of the living God, congregation of the saints, congregation of the Lord's poor, dove, family in heaven and earth, flock of God, fold of Christ, general assembly of the firstborn, golden candlestick. I hope you're getting this down. You're going to have a test here in just a few minutes. God's building, God's husbandry, uh, God's heritage, habitation of God, heavenly uh, heavenly of Jerusalem, holy city, holy mountain, holy hill, house of God, house of God of Jacob, house of Christ, household of God, inheritance Israel of God, king's daughter, lamb's wife, lot of God's inheritance, Mount Zion, mountain of the Lord's house, new Jerusalem, pillar and ground of truth, sanctuary of God, spiritual house, spouse of Christ, sought out a city not forsaken, temple of God, temple of the living God, vineyard, and everyone take a big deep breath. I'm going to talk about all 45 of those today. (laughs) It's a joke. I can't even hardly get them out in, you know, in a good amount of time. I am going to talk about three of them. Is that okay? I hope to put it like this, hope to talk about three of them. I've had five experiences throughout my life, the way that I would view it about the church. First of all, my parents, my dad was a pastor, Church of God, denomination. My mother sang in the church, and I remember first eight years of my life. I don't remember all those years, but the years I do remember being in church, getting water baptized. My parents were killed when I was eight years old, and then I went to live with my grandparents, me and my sister, and uh, then there was another uh, experience with church. I remember about that time yeah, going to church and most of the time feeling like I was dragged to church, you know, um, kind of sitting in the back, not really, not really connecting in any form or fashion. But even, uh, even though I didn't want to be there, God touched me in church. I remember one time being at the altar. So if you're a parent, you feel like you're occasionally dragging your kid to church, I give you great hope that God can even touch them in the midst of that because he did me one day. Though I didn't surrender to God at the time, he still impacted my life. And then my third experience with church would have been later on in college. I got invited to go to church and ended up going to church and I got radically saved December the 7th, 1986. Uh, That was a great experience in church. And then I stayed with the pastor and devoured the word, went back to college uh, the spring semester in January. And uh, how many of you know how Pete Rose used to slide? You remember that? I backslid just like you wouldn't believe. I just kind of Pete Rose slid back into hell. And um, um, then later, uh, 1988, got invited to go see my older brother, not the oldest, but older brother in California, went out there, uh, set in a service that he was preaching at, got really, really convicted by the Holy Spirit, rededicated my life to Christ, and then something beautiful took place. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit at that spring break. And I tell you what, being baptized in the Holy Spirit did it for me. It did for my testimony. It had sticking power. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I mean, there's something to be said what took place being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then at the end of that uh, uh, 
That semester, uh, actually got in my truck, grabbed a friend. We drove to South Carolina, told my grandparents goodbye, kind of a deal. Drove, uh, young man, go west. Go yes, go west, young man. And drove all the way from South Carolina out to Eureka, California. Showed up there. And it's on like Donkey Kong. Just dove into the church, started working, become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Can you say that word with me, disciple? Everyone say that again, disciple. That's a very good word. That's not a scary word. That's what Jesus calls us to be. You know, there's a lot of believers on the face of the earth, but I'm here to tell you God is looking for disciples. What is a disciple, J.O.? Disciple is a wholehearted follower of Jesus Christ. He's looking for wholehearted followers, disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, that's a whole nother message I don't got time to go into. But, you know, I just dove into the church, uh, got on the evangelism team. My first date with Ray Dean was preaching the gospel uh, in Arcata, California, on the streets of Arcata right there. Feel like you're back in 1969, deadheads, hippieville. Come on, patchouli oil. Everybody said amen. You know what I'm talking about. And there was something that took place, getting rooted in the church, man, getting discipled in the church. Me and my wife got married, raised our kids up in the church, man, been all in, and there's nothing like the church. And I just want to talk to you. I hope today that you can walk out of here. Young people, if you choose any of those things that I went through, kind of choose the last one. (laughs) Go all in. Get planted. Be a disciple. Come on. There's nothing like uh, being in the church. So I want to talk for a few minutes on three areas. Uh, What did I long for back in the day? What was it that I longed for? I have to believe there's other people that long for what I long for. Those that maybe join gangs or clubs or fraternities, which I was in one. Sororities. All those different things. What do you think is in the heart of an individual what they desire? Can somebody take a guess this morning? To belong. Say that with me, belong. Belong to what, J.O.? Belong to a building? Belong to a building? So how do we identify the church? Is it a building? Look what Jesus says, code red, in Matthew 16, 18. He says this, and I... Also say to you that you are, I say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, Peter means rock. He's talking about a man. He's talking about on this rock, I will build my church. Who's he going to build the church on? In this scripture on who? Peter, the rock. I'm going to build on you and the gates of hell. I like KJ. KJ says, The gates of hell, this right here says the gates of Hades. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. A lot of things may come and go on the face of the earth. A lot of clubs and you name it may come and go. I'm going to tell you something that's going to stick through through all the stuff that we're faced with is the church. No matter if hell comes against it, it will not prevail because God is building his church. He's building a building But it's not a material building. It's not this. It's not sheetrock and flooring and ceiling and carpet and two by fours and block and all those things. He's building a building 
but it's not made out of that material. Just like he began to talk about Peter, I want to talk to you. He's building a different building. Look what 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says. For, talks about three things that we are in this one little scripture. For we are God's fellow workers. Somebody say, I'm a worker. You should be a worker for Jesus. Not a person in here shouldn't be a worker for Jesus. Not to get to heaven, no. Not to get brownie points, no, no, no. But because of what he's done for us, I believe there should, should be something inside of every one of us that wants to do something back to, for him, amen? Work. You are God's field. And look at, look at the last one. You are God's building. You're the building. I love this one right here. 1 Peter 2, 4, and 5. Coming to him as to a living stone. How many of you know that he is our rock? He's the rock. Come on. He's the living stone. Can you smell what the rock is cooking today? Come on, somebody. He's the living stone. But look what else it says. Rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also... As living stones. He's the living stone. And you're the living stones. Are being built up a spiritual house. A holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The living stone chooses living stones. Look at your friend right there and say, you're a living stone. Not, 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 not are you stoned. You shouldn't be stoned today. Come on. You're a living stone. Not, not, look at him and say, you're not a rolling stone. Not a rolling stone. You're a living stone. A family of stones built up. Every one of us. Stones. We're many things, but in this scripture, he calls us stones. Uh, built a spiritual house. I love Psalms 127.1. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. Why is that so beautiful? Well, it, once again, it shows that God is the builder of the house. He's building each one of us living stones. But he works with us. He works through us. It shows you right there that if we, look, look. They labor in vain who build it unless Jesus builds a house. So we labor. We work. We work with God. He works through us. But unless he builds the house, we labor in vain. So I want to hit on, out of those 45, I want to hit on three today. Three areas that I think is absolutely beautiful when it comes to the identification of the church. What is the ID of the, of the church? First one, say this with me, family. I love that one. We as family, say that with me. We as family. Wow, 909, here we go. That's all right. Ephesians 3.15, from whom the whole Let's try that again. Can we get bridges going? Somebody gets to pass out some coffee right here. Come on. Here we go. From whom the whole in heaven and earth is named. A family, a nation, a tribe, a group of families. All those who in a given people lay claim to a common 
uh, origin. That's who we are. We are family. You may call it a new breed of people. What kind of new breed of people? We are a tribe, a nation, a family of followers of Jesus. Jesus follows. Man, I'm a family. You're a family. We're a tribe of Jesus followers. That meant a, a whole lot to me as family, losing my mom and dad and my sister later on. Family, I love my family. I, I love the church family. I, I love my, my, my blood family. I love family. You know what God does? This is what he does in Psalm 68, 6. It says, God sets the solitary in families. He'll put you in a family. You don't have to be alone. You don't got to do life together. He wants you in the community, in the family of God so that you can grow and you can prosper and you can experience. And, and, and even through that family, find your destiny in God and, and the purpose that you're breathing air on this earth. He brings out those who are bound in prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Listen to the family in action in the beginnings of the baby New Testament church. You'll see the birthing of the New Testament church in Acts. In Acts 1, it says, you know, for those maybe 120, I think it was, I want you to go and I want you to wait. I want you to wait in Jerusalem on something. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to receive power. You, you, you're going to be witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the world. And they're in Acts 2. They're waiting. This New Testament baby church is waiting on something. On not just something, but a who. And all of a sudden, in Acts 2, 1 through 4, as they wait, it describes the coming of the Holy Spirit. And all, everyone say that with me, all. Not just a few. Not this section got it, but this section didn't get it. No, all were filled. You, you just, just look at your Bibles. All were filled with the Holy Spirit. What was God doing there? The church is not birthed of the flesh. The church is not birthed of a man religion. The birth of the church, the birthing of the church is not reasoning or intellectual or, or, no. The New Testament church is birthed of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit falls. It was a, a prophecy from Joel. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Here it begins. God is, or a portion of the beginning of it, God is pouring out his spirit on the church. We are to be a spirit people. Amen. By the way, God is spirit. He pours out his spirit on the flesh of man, and all of a sudden, man, things begin to change. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit, things begin to drastically change in my life. It's just all there is to it. Sticking power, transforming power, evangelism, faith. The New Testament church was birthed in a move of the Holy Spirit, in the baptism of the feeling of the Holy Spirit. This doctrine at times is attacked, and I just want to say, I just think it's the devil. Because the devil doesn't want you to experience the, the full power of God. Some people just settle, I think, don't get mad at me today. But just like a little 
a little vaccine. Just gonna give you uh, just give you a little shot of church. Let me give you a little shot. Give you a little shot. Just come, get a little shot. Man, don't settle for a vaccine of church. God wants to get you all in when it comes to church. What he's building on the face of the earth today. Come on. And then you look and you see uh, verses 5 through 13. The crowd's response to this I view it as crowd looking in of what's going on, verses 5 through 13. This is something that they said. It says this, so they were all the crowd, they, so they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Okay? Others mocking, saying, they're full of new wine. It's 9 in the morning, but they're catching a buzz. That, that, that's not what they were doing at all. Don't settle to be part of the crowd. Don't be on the outside looking in. I want to tell you something this morning. The water is warm. The water is nice. The water is fresh. Living water. Anointing of God. Come on. Get in the water. Get in the river. Don't just stay on the outskirts of the crowd. Come on in. The church is where you want to be. Amen. Now, I understand there are some theological challenges with that because if you're a believer, I get it. You're in the church. But make sure that you just get all that God has for you in the church. Are, are you feeling me this morning? Don't settle for the crowd. Peter begins to address this and he does a sermon. He's like, hey, 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 hey. Something like that. <laughs> These guys ain't drunk, man. Ain't, this is, this is J-O-V right here. This is J-O-V. They ain't drunk. This is a prophecy being fulfilled. Joel, he's poured out his Holy Spirit. And then I love it because Peter preaches. Conviction of the Holy Spirit falls on them. The church goes from approximately 120. Add to the church, new baby church. Come on, somebody say 3,000. They're, they're saved, water baptized. They receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Peter package. Bam. <laughs> Right then, it's happening. This is the birthing of the New Testament church. This is the beauty of the church. This is something that you're part of today. Something that God is doing on the face of the earth. I want you to walk out of here going, man, I'm part of the most famous group of people, the tribe. Man, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm connected with what God's doing on the face of the earth. Because you are. God's going to use his church. I'm going to read just a few verses here. Acts 2, 42 through 47. Just a beautiful picture of what I call the Acts 2 church. That's, that's who we are. We, we just Acts 2 church. This is church, New Testament church. Look what they did. Verse 42, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, all who believed were together and all uh, had things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone who 
had need, anyone had need. So continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They ate with food with glad and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Look at that. People were getting added to the church daily. Don't freak out when the church grows. Come on, don't be a control freak. I got some control issues. Don't be a control freak. God had no problem with 3,000 people getting saved like that in the New Testament church. And how they disciple them on, I don't know. But God can take care of it. And we're going to do what we can do. And guess who's going to do the rest? God's going to do the rest. And we can lean and trust in God for that. I wanted you to see just a, a few things that stand out in, in the scriptures right there. They studied God's word. They stayed in the apostles' doctrine. How many of you know we should be in the word of God every day? Yeah. Every day. Every day. I was in a coffee shop on Tuesday. And uh, uh, I was meeting a man there. We've been meeting for years at different places. But we happened to meet at this one because they got a really cool coffee. And I don't want to promote that right now. But it's a really good coffee. <laughs> and I looked and K-Kai was there. Are you here, K-Kai? Where are you at? K-Kai was there. And Michael. Michael, you here? Michael's right back there. And I, I just said, what, what you guys doing? Well, we just, we just in the word. I'm like, church. I mean, just this is New Testament day in the coffee, just reading the word, just in the word. Come on, somebody, there's something beautiful about that. I remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, K-Kai was there, and I was meeting with this gentleman, and uh, the gentleman says, K-Kai, I saw you there at the church, and K-Kai's like, well, what service? <laughs> he says, I go to all three of them. I was like, wow. That's beautiful, isn't it? You don't got to come to all three of them, but you should come to one. Right? They, look, look what else they did. Let me hit it real quick. They prayed together, fellowship. They ate together. Somebody say ate together. There's a lot of eating together in the New Testament church. And it's Bible. There's a whole lot behind that right there. Go on, it, says, it says, they were together, all things in common, helping those in need. They shared generosity, sold and shared and divided. They gathered in the temple. Gathered. It's okay that Jesus has a house, a beautiful house. We gather in the temple like we're doing today. Gather in a, in a, in a sheep shed is the way I like to. We're in a sheep shed. Look what Hebrews 10.25 says. Not forsaken the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some. But exhorting one another, and, and as so much, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And then it says they ate together. I thought you already said that, Jail. I'm just saying it because they said it again. <laughs> they went house to house. Temple, house to house. If you've been around, you know we have a two-wing approach. Here's the temple right here. House to house. It's not just about the temple or you're going to fly in a circle. And it's not just about you gathering in your house. You take both of them and you together right now. That's, that's theology. That's Bible right there. House to house and Bible and, and temple. Are you with me? Praising God, having favor, and they add, God added to the church. Just a beautiful New Testament church. Somebody say family. Can you imagine looking on the outside in and going, man, I want to be a part of that. Luke 8, 19, 21. Then his mother and brother, this is Jesus. Then his mother and brothers came to him and they could not approach him because of the crowd. And it was told by some who said, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. 
But he answered and said to them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. It's my family. It's my family. A little quick breakdown. How can you be connected, rooted, grow, mature in the house of God? I think, I think you should consider coming on the weekends. That's a good consideration, right? That's Bible, Hebrew. Uh, you can serve in different areas, fit team, usher, you name it. We got all kinds. If somebody tells you there's not a place for you to serve, look at them and say, you crazy, man. I'm going to talk to J.O. <laughs> there's places to serve, right? There's plenty of places to serve. Uh, city groups. Everyone knows your name. Everyone's glad you came. Cheers without the beers. That's the official city groups. And so I just encourage you that uh, you get part of a city group. My, mine is... I claim ELT on Tuesdays. We gather every Tuesday, leadership team. We sometimes eat together, pray together, sing together, worship. I mean, can't know everyone, but you can know a few. And you can be with some, a few people and get to know them and so forth and so on. That's the, that's the power of small groups and city groups. And then we have Thursday. Oh, my goodness. This place on Thursday is a beehive of lady bees. <laughs> Women everywhere. Women of the Word and Moms Connect. And th Wednesday night is VC, Varsity, Thursday night, Varsity, Tuesday night, Transform. All kinds of ways. Father's Market coming up, outreaches. Come on, somebody say family. family. Number two. I love the family. And then the next one the body. He calls you family and you're the body of Jesus Christ. Look at think about that for a minute. He's the head and you're the body of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. And put and he put all things under his feet and gave them to be head over all things to the church which is his Let's go church. Come on now. Which is his. Thank you. The fullness of him who fills all in all. all. Colossians 1.24. I now rejoice in my suffering for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his. Which is the. Imagine a physical healthy body. Got a head. It's all working together, moving together, responding together, supporting together. Say that I just need to get something to eat. I don't got to manipulate and talk my legs and go into the refrigerator. Legs, you're going to go over there to that refrigerator. No, man, they just kind of, it all works together. It's like, brother, you hungry? Just come on, walk over there to the cabinet. You know, I don't have to work it. Oh, cheer you on. Come on, legs. Get involved. Come on. Be part of the body. No, they just work together. I go over there, grab me a lar bar, open up that lar bar, hands connected to my hands, supported by my arms and supported by the trunk and all that. And, and then all of a sudden I stick that lar bar in my mouth and my teeth start connecting in there. Just teeth and mouth and goes down to the esophagus right here. And then hidden, hidden parts begin to take over. Intestines and stomach and liver and kidneys and pancreas and all blood and then all that's connected to my my brain and my spinal cord and man it's all working together growing and and healthy because it's what a healthy body right 
That's what happens when you're in a, a healthy church body. You're just, you're in the body of Christ. You're going to, it's going to naturally grow. But you need to do your, your, you need to be part. You need to function in the part that God's called you to be. Uh, just, just think about those who, 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 you just never really get connected. Just kind of stay on the outskirts. If I cut my finger off and go stick it in my, 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 my desk upstairs, what's it going to smell like in about two weeks? It's going to be funky, man. You need to be part of the body of Christ. Now, I'm not saying anyone in here is not. I'm just saying if you're not connected, if you don't feel like you're really getting connected, come on, I'm encouraging you to be part. Man, we need you. We need your gift. You need whatever body part that you are, you need to function in it. Let me show you the power of it. Also in Ephesians 4.16, it says this. Now, let me ask you something. Who's, who is a body part? Say me. You're a body part. Jail, can you identify every body part? No, I, I can't. But I bet you if you get connected with some other body parts, you're going to begin to figure it out. It just kind of organically happens. Look at Ephesians 4, 16. From whom the whole body joined and knit together. Look at it. By whatever joint supplies, I need you, you need me. We need that supplying. We need to be jointed together. We need to be knitted together according to the effect of working by which every part, say that with me, every part, every part. We need every part. Goes on to say, does it share? Look what happens. When we're all connected, knitted together, functioning together, joint, you know, fluids going, all that, you know, everything's healthy, growing, flowing. Look what it says. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You're just going to naturally, I think, grow, mature, body of Christ. Your precious gifts in this place and your precious parts of the body of Christ. Amazing gifts lay up in this room right here. Amazing gifts. Maybe your gift is working with kids. Believe me, we need you functioning in that. If it's singing or worship vessels, we need you function. If it's a prophet, if it's, if it's healing ministries, we need you functioning. Maybe it's intercession and prayer. Maybe it's serving the poor or maybe it's whatever it is, administration. If it's preaching, whatever. We need your gift. Your gift may be one that's very, very, very important. But like, praise God, y'all, I don't walk around and you see my intestines, right? <laughs> But how many know I need them? There's hidden, hidden gifts that the body needs. And so we're part of this body. What if a wonderful gifted body part refuses to get off the bench? Then you're going to impact me or I can impact you or you're going to impact part of the body. I don't mean that to beat you down or anything. Did you go to the, how many of you went to the Easter egg hunt? It was so cool. Radine and I got out. I was like, what? Look at all these people, eggs, people. It's like, just kind of showed up. The body of Christ in action. 
loving people, touching people. Man, I got to tell you a secret. You might, this, is, this is kind of a secret. My dentist was there. Dr. John, if you listen to this, it's out of total all due respect, but I was like, wow, this is so cool. My dentist is at the Easter egg hunt. Right? That's what it's about, touching, loving people. Number three, I want to close with this one. This is a beautiful one right here. Remember, you're part of the family. You're part of this precious body. And look at the third one. Someone say the bride. Dearly beloved, we are gathered together in this place, bringing the Son of God together with his bride. You. Why would he call you the bride? He wants you to understand how much he loves you. He wants you to understand how he's going to take care of you. He wants you to understand that you're in a covenant with him. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. There's nothing that you can do to separate yourself from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You're his bride. You're his wife. I love that, that he calls you the bride, the connection that he calls the church, his gal. You're his, he cherishes you. He's going to take care of you. Come on, no matter... Through the good, bad, and the ugly, he's your husband. It's a little different for us guys, and like, um, you know what I'm saying? A little different. Get it? But I'm his bride, right? It's good, huh, Stephen? The intimacy, the love, the relationship, the concern, the protection, the provision, everything. I just think it's amazing that he calls you family. We're family. And he calls the body, I mean, and the bride. How more intimate can you be? I mean, he's trying to tell you something today. And it's called the church. The church. Revelation 21.9 Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me saying, come, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. Who's the lamb? Who's the wife? You're his wife. Family. Family. We're family. Body. All functioning, working together, healthy, connected. Come on, growing, maturing. And I think this is my favorite bride. I mean, I think he's trying to tell us how much he cares about you. He's the head and you're his bride. He's made a covenant with you. He loves you dearly.